Welcome to episode 156 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Kate, and I'm here with uh, Chris and Miranda and Kristen, and Ron is in Norway, so she will not be joining us for this book, because she's over there being cool and seeing the Northern Lights, like literally. Um, But yeah, we are here to read The High Republic, Into the Dark, by our... One of our most favorite authors, Claudia Gray, who is here to fucking wreck us emotionally, I'm sure. Uh, We've only read through chapter 12, which is about halfway through the book so far. But, you know, somebody's already died, so that's par for the course there. Um, But before we get into that stuff, what are we drinking, folks? I have a bad feeling about this. Indeed. I like that we added the spoopy music to the beginning of that. <laughs> really? Inha- I mean, it works. It is spoopy. It is. It's fitting it's for this uh-oh. book. It's a very spoopy book. It's it's Claudia mm-hmm. Gray. I was texting Kate while I was reading, and I was like, I'm on the second chapter, and I'm having a great time, but I just realized <laughs> this book is by Claudia Gray. So it's going to be... It's not going to last. Emotional terrorism. Um, I'm drinking a non-alcoholic beer that they have at Costco, and I wanted to know how it tasted, so I bought it. (laughs) And I'm also very dehydrated, so I also have two giant waters that I'm ignoring and drinking this instead. How does it taste? Uh, It's pretty good. Um, It has a stupid... It's from a stupid place. It's called Athletic Brewing Co., of course. Um, But it's the Run Wild IPA. Um, brewed in the USA. Where are you? Oh, you're in San Diego. Oh, that makes sense. Um, it says really dumb shit. You, right really, you can, shouldn't have folks. to sacrifice <laughs> your ability to be at your best to enjoy great brews. So we created our innovative lineup of refreshing non-alcoholic craft brews. So they think they made so. like Gatorade beer. Yeah, I guess. I don't Neato. know. Contains less than 0.5% alcohol by volume. So where's the fun in that? Anyway, what are... Burb's drinking a beer. What are you drinking, Burb? I am drinking a beer. I am having a Fort George beer. That's our friends in Astoria. I'm drinking the Meadow, an unfiltered German-style Pilsner. It doesn't have words on it on the can, but it's pretty, and it's 4.9%, and it's good because it's Fort George, so, duh. Um, I love that one. Chris, you're looking at something. What is that? I was going to say, Chris, do you want to explain what we're drinking? Yeah, we we are both drinking the same thing. I was just checking the ABV on ours. It is 5.5% alcohol. Oh, It is the Lemon Berry Sour from Sanitas Brewing Co., located right here in Boulder. Um, And yeah, it's pretty fucking quality. Got an owl. I think all all Sanitas beers have owls on it, but like... That's true. It's a large owl. It's Big big owl. It was just a pucker fest at a... Uh, bottle shop that we like here in Portland. I didn't I want go. a pucker fest. I would like the puckers. But <laughs> but Lisa did buy some good uh, sours that we shared. So fuck yeah. And then one that was kind of weird. It had Classic. marshmallow or something. But oh, marshmallow sour. <laughs> it That's was fascinating. It was interesting. I don't fuck with that. <laughs> Kate hates marshmallows famously. I, I do also hate marshmallows famously. famously. Kate pretty much hates dessert. If, I don't, if, if this is a thing that people don't know about her. Like sugar. I don't like s- most sweet things. Like between my two parents, my mom has a giant sweet tooth and my dad only eats salt. And I got <laughs> the salt part, um, <laughs> which is why I'm like this. <laughs> it's, you are what you eat, folks. I, God fucking damn it. L- listen, I. Yeah, this is me now. This is this is great. <laughs> this is definitely genetics. Um, I don't like you either. <laughs> I never Precisely. said that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's that's yeah, no, that's my life. I, I hate most sweet things. I'll like, Chris will bake me something beautiful, and we'll be like, cool, and I'll have one slice, and then I'll be good for like the week, and then Chris is like, I have a whole cake here, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> what about when he makes that lemon tart? Is that tart enough for you? When did that I make a work? What did I? Um, before make? he moved to Colorado. 
Oh, I vaguely remember this. I think it was the time that I uh, played the Vader game on the Oculus. Oh, yeah. Or maybe it was the time we... It could have been the time we watched uh, a non-Star Wars movie. But who's to say? That that doesn't seem like it's a thing that happened. (laughs) Speaking of... uh, First of all, I love lemon tarts. I love lemon cake. I love all of the lemon things. Lemon, I think lemon it's is so good. good. I think it's so good. Um, you'll only know that you'll only get to answer this question if you listen to the podcast. Would you guys be interested in us doing other non-Star Wars things? I'm just throwing this out there, namely Lord of the Rings. Anyway, tweet <laughs> at us. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> tweeted us hit us up in the patreon slack you know whatever um but yeah no i'll eat i'll eat sweet things if it's like the bitterest fucking chocolate that you're fucking throwing in there because then that sure. is bitter fucking chocolate better than um yeah or bread pudding i do love bread pudding because i'm a fucking granny um, i fucking <laughs> love bread pudding it's true <laughs> um it just makes me nostalgic. My grandpa used to make it all the time. He's like, why do we have all this stale-ass bread in the house? Here's how I can feed it to the kids. I'm just going <laughs> to dump a shit whack of sugar on it. And this is why I eat mold now. Anyway, um, our charity for the week. Bird for Saving the Weirdest Look. Mold is nostalgic. I, it took me a second it. to process. It's fine. If you want to hear about how I eat mold, hit me up on No, it's like I didn't. I was like, why is bread? Oh, because it, it's, it's stale bread. Yeah, dude. You just make it good. Got it. Cool. So our charity for this week, um, it's the opposite of mold, um, because it's not horrible. Um, We are sand. That's horrible. Never mind. No, stop. That's no. Um, Definitely not sand nor mold. Um, Our charity for this week is Brave Space Alliance, uh, which is the first black-led, trans-led queer center located on on the south side of Chicago, and they create and provide affirming and culturally competent services the entire queer community of that city so um their website is bravespacealliance.org and you should give them your money because they're doing amazing stuff over there uh, <laughs> that was good god that was loud so loud oh my god <laughs> i felt like a real r2 was next <laughs> to my face <laughs> so, just screaming yeah he would do that, though. I know. Yeah, R2's a little shit. Oh, my God. Um, Jesus. So, I guess we'll talk about Star Wars. That <laughs> I've been like, I'm awake now, I guess. Yeah, Jesus right. Christ. Um, all right. So, we're starting a new book. Let us ask the question. When and where are we? Space. Neat. The final frontier. No! <laughs> technically, technically, we are on the frontier in this. Because the Republic has not yet expanded to the part of space, like famously. It's not really the final one, though, because now they're no. It's not the pre- final one, like you, yeah. But it is a frontier. Chris, get your other fandoms out of my Star Wars podcast, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! No, Yo, just- Lower Decks comes back in like a week. I'm so hyped. Oh my god! If Jacqueline is listening to this, she's also hyped. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said at the top, this is another High Republic book, so we are. Two hundred years before Phantom Menace, and this book starts like just before the Legacy Run disaster that like the first phase of the High Republic is focused around. So if you've read uh, Light of the Jedi, then you know that a ship exploded and went boom in the hyperspace, and bad things happened. It crashed, uh, and now there are ships everywhere. Yeah, it's so true. So yeah, that's which is kind of like the inciting incident for. Um, our our ragtag band of characters in this <laughs> in this novel, um, having to yeet themselves into like Nowheresville, somewhere on the space frontier, where yeah, there's a like, creepy haunted space station. <laughs> it's like, oh, we have to leave hyperspace. I'm just gonna press this button, and it'll probably be fine. Leox oh, the is sun so is about to fucking explode. We need uh, to get into this haunted house. I know. <laughs> I. Jesus, it's you know if you were like if you if you just took like bits of this podcast like of summarizing <laughs> um, plot out of context, truly like you would never want a Star War ever in your life. You would just be like, "What the fuck?" and then moonwalk away. Um, it's which is hilarious because this book is so good. Like I was 
Burb and I have been texting each other back and forth, just being like, Claudia's done it again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the haunted house is an is a abandoned Amex scene station, which I was excited to see, and I'm sure if you've read Bloodline, you were also excited to see. Um, so can, Bloodline can mentioned. We- Thank yeah. yeah, thank you. Can we remind the class? We absolutely can. We absolutely can while my dog barks in the background because he's annoying. Um, so the Amexians were an ancient cult, mil- like militaristic culture, as uh, this book explains. But in Bloodline, which um, very different timeline, is the one that centered around uh, Leia's Senate career in her years before um, forming the Resistance. She encounters this sort of um, dark side terrorist group um, who are the self-styled Amexine warriors who um, are behind like an assassination attempt on her and they're like buying all these ancient Sith artifacts and they seem real bad. Um, And I was always like very intrigued by this little invention that Claudia came up up with. So I was like really happy to see them pop up here. Um, The original Amexines supposedly i think the amexian warriors were just kind of like adopting the name if i recall correctly right yeah yeah i believe so i don't think they had any actual connection at least that we're aware of um the the connection is that they they both like bad bad so um (laughs) here we are (laughs) um in their haunted ass station full of dark side artifacts because yeah and plants and plants and droids that yell at you when you hurt the plants (laughs) And they try to they try to poke you with their uh, pointies. Classic use of these pointies. aren't the droids you're looking for. Oh god. <laughs> um. Great. But I yeah, want- and so the interesting thing about this space station to me is that like it's always funny when we're in the past and then they're like, we discovered something ancient, and I'm like, how ancient is it? Like. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also like I don't know. I thought it was weird that it was ancient. Like all the ancient stuff seems to be kind of untouched, and they're like ooing and aahing at it, and like, let's look at this haunted fucking statue. But meanwhile, smugglers are in there, like writing, just graffitiing the the walls about smuggler shit. Like Han Solo was here, XO. Um, God. Famously in this timeline. I mean, to be fair, people used to just like. Stupid graffiti is timeless, really. That's um, true. They did like, that shit in ancient Rome. Yeah, they did that shit in ancient Rome. I've seen, um, you know, examples of like temples where like fucking dickhead colonizing explorers have just like carved, literally just took the time with their little chisel and their little hammer to carve their name in the side of this fucking ancient ass temple because what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting, though, uh, here in the station, because what's-her-name uh, was telling Leo X, the famous pope, about it. Um, I don't know how to pronounce either. <laughs> I say Leox. Leox, it's yeah. Leox is what correct. was her name? Affie? Affie? Affie. So Affie found the smugglers' um, graffiti, and it, it seems like nobody writes anything anymore like everything's digital they don't have like analog books it's all holocrons um there's no ancient jedi texts (laughs) no ancient jedi texts to be found uh they would not be found here this is ancient spoopy shit uh i don't know i just i thought it was like oh man like the the smugglers are you know carving or writing with whatever tools like with their hands or hand adjacent limbs. I don't. I don't know what species everyone is. No, I like. Th- no, I think that's. That, I mean, that's that's a fun point always for me, just because like I hate doing world building. Um, but I do enjoy getting it when it's in like. <laughs> I just I just slap my microphone, Kristen. Um, <laughs> I do enjoy getting it. Um, you know when it's like information doled out in a giant fucking wikipedia style info dump like these drips mm-hmm. and grabs that we get of just like you know in character like being like huh that's curious um especially in sci-fi just because like you know we expect futuristic shit and because star wars is a whole world that they've created like you know especially since now that we're back in time we have to think about like well what is the history of these things and what would have been um a realistic development timeline, I guess, for certain technologies and stuff. It's kind of like 
um, you know, Luke gets his um, twink hand chopped off, and <laughs> he gets a nice little synth flesh, whatever the fuck. Like, it looks like hand. And then Anakin, Anakin gets his fucking raccoon hand chopped off, and he gets a robot arm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, so those sorts of things. Um that yeah, you know, like I, I, that we're accounting for, which I think is really fascinating. Like, or like, um, you know, I can finally finish Lightning Jedi, and like, Bacta hasn't been invented yet, really. So, yeah. Did I steal your? Did I steal your you thought, sh- Miranda? You sure did steal my thought. Sorry, uh, you're not. It's okay. <laughs> um, but no, I I'm think the sorry. thing too with like the the writing on the wall, uh, it it Jeez. really fits into <laughs> it fits into like we haven't seen in any star wars media people physically writing so it's like it's ancient even 200 years ago which or it's it's not ancient it's new but they're like hey this is weird we've seen ben solo's calligraphy set though (laughs) it's like if i instead of like taking out my phone to check the time i dragged a fucking sundial into the middle of the street (laughs) and we're like oh (laughs) it's 135 chris i just do you know about watches miranda i hate (laughs) you (laughs) <laughs> who wears a watch they, i do it's dead nice spaceships yes watches no <laughs> great <laughs> also um, i just i just want you all to know that if you hear any like strange noises it's me opening the window to yeet myself out because chris just made that <laughs> horrible anyway kate um, uh you you said you don't like writing world building uh something I'm just moving into the next point, if that's okay. Oh, I was and just s- going to add no, Chris. just about this. No, Chris. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, just about the station. I just like, I find it really, like a really funny dichotomy because the Jedi are like, there is ancient evil here. We must investigate its source before it destroys everything that we love in the galaxy. And the smugglers are like, yeah, it's a fucking gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that that's something too that we see here like, you know, the the Jedi, they're all high and mighty and shit and like, oh, the Republic, we have all the knowledge and the galaxy. Uh they've never like, you know, they put the two ships next to each other, like one smugglers or some shit and one some species that apparently can really uh tolerate radiation exposure. Uh but Affy's like watching them make this decision she's like you know what i'm just gonna watch this because like, <laughs> like the jedi have no fucking clue and she's like yeah it's a gas station she's so interesting i mean yeah no literally <laughs> she's like i'm just gonna go to the 7-eleven and steal this <laughs> 10 boxes of slim jams and be on my fucking way <laughs> thanks y'all um it's kind of incredible um what i what i really enjoy is that you know at this part of in this part of like galactic history the because the republic is only so big and they have not expanded out into the outer rim um we get a different view of just like how outsiders view the jedi like we've seen the whole like i thought jedi were a myth or a legend or like they do weird space wizards and then we got people you know in this book who uh, live out in the boonies for all the republic cares and they're just like who is she <laughs> you know like it's <laughs> they have no idea they're just like what the fuck they're just like you're monks you're wizards you're warriors you're not it's allowed like, to fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah what what which one are you it's like oh we use the force oh the force yeah 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 i know her it's like do we use it to protect the republic and they're like why <laughs> they're like, why? What if you just stole some Slim Jims like a normal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell it's peacetime, like just by mm. the way that normals react to the Jedi and having never seen them. And like, you get this a little bit in like early prequel era, like before the Clone Wars. But like, I mean, even though it is largely were, like trade routes were real popping, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it is it is always funny just to see the difference in reaction of like, this is not a time where I need to care about you. And so I don't. <laughs> They're doing just Indeed. fine without the Republic's help. Except for the part where, you know, the Nile like put their fucking ship in front of the legacy run so it blows to pieces and ruins everyone's time in hyperspace. So these fuckers have to go hang out at this spoopy gas station. <laughs> But otherwise, Great. it's it's peaceful. Oh yeah, it's lovely. Um, <laughs> definitely peaceful. Um, 
here, here's my bad segue. We're definitely peaceful in the minds of our the Jedi grown-ups who are definitely doing great over here. Jesus Christ. They are not doing great. <laughs> I, 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 holy shit. All right. So uh, just to talk about... Um, Jedi scum. Indeed. Uh, to talk about Comac and Orla, um, who are the ostensibly just like supposed to be mentors, I guess, for Wreath, basically. They're the um, adult Jedi. They are. They're the grown-ups. And mom and dad are not all not in. Uh, no, they're not all in on this whole this whole Jedi thing. Um which is just 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 fucking great. So we've got Comac who's just like, why not study all sides of the force? The if the dark side is part of the force then it's fine. And you know, you as a reader are sitting there like, no, 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 my friend. Oh God. <laughs> That's how you turn into a spider. Um You're supposed to feel his feelings, okay? He yeah, has a lot of them. He, he does, and he's just like that I, is the problem. Because yeah, he never really dealt with them, as we see. Yeah, well, space therapy also didn't exist two hundred fucking years ago, apparently. And then we have Orla, who's just like, I don't really agree with, oh, you know, any of this. So I, but I want to be, still want to be in the club. So can you just make <laughs> me like a, I don't know what to call it exactly, but she's way seeker. Yeah, no, way but seeker. I know, but like not to be found, not to be confused with the wayfinder. Very different. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, but like I just like I don't know. Like that's I I know what the title is, but I'm trying to think of like what the word like an offshoot or whatever the fuck. I just like she's just like I want to be allowed to like do my independent study and for no one she to wants, look at me. <laughs> she wants her own personal Jedi reformation. She does exactly, and they're like bad. They're battling with this internally, and Wreath's just there like, la-di-da, I wish I had a book. <laughs> like, thinking everything's <laughs> chill, and they're just like... Yeah, he's going in like, oh, we're, I don't want to do this, but maybe we'll learn something. And fucking Comac and Orla rolled up, and like, there was a line. Uh, it, it, it was in one of those little sections that was kind of from Wreath's uh, point of view, where he was like, it seemed like they... This glance that they exchanged would have been a joke if they had been laughing. Um, and then, like, you know, they when they both roll up to, to the vessel um, before they go off into space, um, they look at each other like, ah, yes, you here on this trip to this place that super fucked us up 25 years ago and we have not dealt with it. So we're just going to go head first into the danger. And assume everything will be fine, even though there's no reason for it to be fine. Yeah, no, it's it's just great. It's super good. Poor poor Reith has no idea what is happening. This this inner turmoil. But um, he just he just wants to stay on Coruscant and read his books. His favorite song is the library card song from Arthur. Verb <laughs> 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 is crying now. <laughs> I mean, You're not wrong. I know, I know. Um, one thing that I love about Orla and Comac, though, is that like you would never find either of them in the Skywalker era. Mm. No, and because that's... like like can you imagine like modern Yoda and Mace Windu talking modern to Orla Yoda. and being like, "Oh, you just want to like kind of go off, go fuck off and like explore what you want to do." That seems like a great idea. Modern Yoda would have been like, "Go up back and pick a switch." Like shit, <laughs> he's not all right. <laughs> Uh, isn't Yoda, like, on a sabbatical right now or some shit? Yes. Well, from he's the council. Okay, okay. So he's off, like, on fucking Dagobah, like... We're gonna find out what he's off doing very soon. Oh. We're gonna find out why he has good relations with the Wookiees? Uh, not to my knowledge. Damn! <laughs> um, That's what I wanted. <laughs> but no, you know, in to, to build off your uh, point... Chris, to piggyback off of that, to add to that, um, you know, the, in the Skywalker era, there's like one kind of Jedi. Or two, if you want to differentiate between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Yes, that's exactly it. Uh, so but, right. but here, and this is one of the things that I really love about the High Republic is that, and this is the point I was going to make about world building um, before we stayed on that topic for a minute, it expands, like, our knowledge of the Jedi, and we do get that, and it's, you know, it, here we really see that, like, one, there are a fuck ton of Jedi, 
there are temples everywhere you know it's it's a full like thriving order um and it's a point that they touch on a lot uh in this first half of the book like not everybody can be a warrior monk you know some jedi just want to read their books and you know what what we got to teach them how to do the other things because like you still gotta be a jedi but if you want to just stay in the library that's fine if no, you want to if you want to do that and go talk and learn about the legends on the frontiers and you know go do that no i i totally agree i i really i'm really enjoying that um you know obviously the the authors in it who are working on the high republic are getting a lot more leeway because they don't have to worry about the skywalker timeline as much and like all this other stuff um but they're also just like answering i think a lot of questions that about um just this universe that the fandom has had for a while um if you're me and you read too much fucking fan fiction um you will you know you, there's there's a lot of ponderment you know about like just like um what happens to the other uh jedi who don't who don't who don't um get to or want to be soldiers or warriors or travel frankly um you know it's just like you know for me i'm always just like is there is there such thing as janet or jedi you know like like this is a real question i have um and you know the way that uh this book talks about and i think um some of the other ones is uh, the other high republic books as well have talked about how you know not every single jedi can be sent to coruscant to be trained like there are other outposts where you know younglings do grow up which i think is really fascinating and speaks to um the strength of the order at this time um but yeah, no, I just I, I love how the authors and I know Claudia has also, you know, for her part done her fair share of secret fanfic under some <laughs> random AO3 um, username that she'll never tell anybody. And Kate Johnson does this as well. E.K. Johnson also writes still writes fanfiction. She just won't tell anybody her 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 username, which I think is lovely. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love that the. The, we've gotten to a point where the authors have been kind of steeped in the fandom in this way um, for such a long time, and even before they wrote for Star Wars, have have been like um, entertaining these questions that you know have. If there were an FAQ for the fandom, like these these were, these are the things that like somebody they would love for someone to answer, and then it's happening. And it's really really cool. Um, everyone also knows that I really love my um, disaster Jedi very much. <laughs> um, and I don't, and I don't mean Anakin just running around for like you know just pooping on everything. I mean like you know like <laughs> you know like I mean like you know like Kanan is like probably my my favorite Jedi character. Um, if we're not counting Leia, who decided to not do that, or Ahsoka who rage quit. Like I like he he like is just like such a hot ass mess. Like you know he has this whole hoe era before he like decides to. <laughs> and have a real job so um but yeah i just i love i love seeing jedi who are imperfect and are hot messes and like chris said this is like the perfect era for that because that would not be allowed like qui-gon just over here just being like you know eating his fucking hemp or whatever the fuck like even that is getting him in trouble you know so um yeah i'm i know it's great i just think it's lovely <laughs> yeah and qui-gon is like like he's a great example because he probably is the most radical of the prequel jedi and he's not that radical yeah and, and like his form of radical is like what if we look at the light side in like a different but still light side kind of way <laughs> what if we did anything about fucking slavery yeah like it's like what if we look what if we just like got out of the classroom and actually like did some fixing shit whereas like now and it is it is very similar kate to you know you were saying how like there are jedi around the galaxy and i kind of do wonder if this is i don't know that we know how many jedi there are during the High Republic, but like we know there were ten thousand ish during the Skywalker the prequel era, but like it it does feel like there are more. I think so too. Right now. Like it feels like I mean, or it's or it's just nature of it being a smaller galaxy. Like they haven't spread into the outer rim yet, so they're more prevalent, but like they definitely seem like they have more leeway because they're not like as much of a precious resource, so to speak. Yeah, no, they're not crafting so... child soldiers because they have none. <laughs> Well, also Yoda's they're not drafting child soldiers so far. Oh, good. Great. Cool, 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 cool. They're still look. training those kids how to fight, man. Fucking Reese chops off someone's arm. It Big so Star Wars traumatized. move. He is. Sweet he does not baby. know how to deal with it. He just wants to be a good Jedi. You know, 
read this book be pure such a sweet baby i was like that there's this there's this particular sentence in the book where he where he's thinking where he's kind of like kind of trauma flashbacks on on uh cutting this dude's arm off and there's this moment where he specifically thinks about how the weapon felt like in the movement as he was cutting through bone and i was just thinking about that last night well like while while i was brushing my teeth and like that's gonna like fuck (laughs) me up for a while like i'm not kidding like truly that's gonna fuck me up for a while i think that you know that was like a i don't know claudia gray's lovely and i think she has a lot of good details and that was one of them that's like i'm gonna be thinking about that for a while like that's living in my memory the same like i obviously it's not a trauma memory for me because i've never cut someone's arm off with a lightsaber but like you know it's those small details that i'm just like oh i'm kind of i'm I'm almost like secondhand experiencing this which i think um is a cool thing in her writing um do 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 speaking uh, of yes. jedi trauma yay uh i touched on this earlier but orla and Comac are really like yeah we almost ruined our lives 25 years ago they're building a big space station right in the spot where it happened we'll volunteer for this shit you know when it's just like you don't need to just like challenge yourself to prove things when you know it's gonna be a bad time like I feel like I turned 30 and I was like, I don't have to try anymore. And I just don't understand this urge to like, and they're way past that. You know, I don't understand this urge to just like, I don't know. Just like, you know, yeah. you can just not. Callback's like actively having as war flashbacks during this time. And like, I, I get that, you know, maybe he wants to, to resolve some things to, to, you know, come to a peace with himself about it. But like, was this a good idea? Did you think that like, the one place in the galaxy that fucked you up the most. And I think um, before they got on the vessel, he said it was like the the spot where he became a Jedi. Um, that wasn't where a good he time. He became a man. <laughs> no, n- nobody's making you go here. And the whole time you have a bad feeling about this, but you're just going ahead. Have like, I ever had a good idea, like, one time? Like, you know, like, you for know, one dollar, give me sh- a reasonable not. <laughs> Um, This is, like, slightly off that topic, but just, I guess, related to the topic of Imperfect Jedi. I also, one thing I really love about Wreath's character, besides the fact that he's just, like, a s- sweet, dumb nerd book baby, is um, that he, too, is, like, imperfect in the sense that, like, he's not naturally good at stuff you know like he he's he's force sensitive but not as much as the you know average jedi and so he has to work a little harder uh to and put a little more effort in to just um you know be able to do any of this stuff and i just like i've always like you know we know that force sensitivity is kind of like a spectrum or a continuum but we've never really seen this side of it where it's just like you you make the cut, but ju- you are at the bar, you know, for natural force sensitivity and talent. And, you know, of course, that shapes him into the, the bookish, like, child that he is. Is that, like, you know, he's just like, if I have more knowledge, if I, like, if I try harder, if I work harder, like, I can do this. And he can, but... It pays off, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, he's he's great at what he does, and he's empathetic, empathetic little cherub, but um, he... Yeah, we. I don't think we've ever seen. We like we we've since we spent so much of the Skywalker saga, obviously focused on the Skywalkers who are just like absolutely preternatural in their um, force abilities, and they so to are see the a force, yeah, and to see a character like this, um, who's just like, you know, he's just he's just a guy. I think is really appealing as well. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, like you said, to see that you know that spectrum of force sensitivity. You know, he's made the cut to be a Jedi, but one thing I thought was really interesting was uh, when the Legacy Run disaster, like, happened. Um, And this is me yelling about Finn being Force-sensitive in a side tangent. Yes, Uh, please. You know, he, he, like, realized that something was wrong. Like, he felt it in the Force. But uh, Komak and Orla and Dez? Daz? Mm -hmm. Dez. they were like (laughs) fucking i mean they were really shook by it because Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of fucking people just died finn is force sensitive he heard their screams when the whole fucking planet blew up anyway um like you know you see him kind of not 
be in tune with the force to that degree, but you still see him. Yeah, and one one thing too is like he struggles with the the mind trick, you know? Like he can't make people do what they want, but he can still use the force to his advantage and like you know, he's he's a hard working kind of guy. He he reads up on things, he tries hard and you know, he he's almost like super utilitarian because of it. Mm-hmm. Like no, he's just, he knows a little bit about everything. Like, comics, like, we have to do this really dangerous ritual. And, and we're just like, fuck yeah, I read about this in a book one time. I'm so pumped. And he's like, comics, like, you could die or something. And we're just like, okay, that is, that is a thing. But also, I'm so excited <laughs> to do this fucking shit. And I'm, I'm like, oh my god, you are 17. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and comics, like, you know what, kid? Just fucking knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And he does great, you know, at it, obviously, oh. but it's just like, oh my God. Like, this, I was just like, <laughs> Comex is out here, like, my back hurts, you know? Like, he's just like, I'm so tired. <laughs> like, and, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> um, Burby, you wanted to talk about the guild, which I think is a, you know, obviously, just because the Republic's not on the frontier doesn't mean they have their own ways of figuring shit out and running business and stuff. And I think um, the Bind Guild is a great example of that. But you wanted to talk about them. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if I have, like, coherent and complete thoughts. But, I mean, and this ties into the the next point, too. Their one combined giant point about, um, you know, the Jedi working with the common folk (laughs) of the galaxy. Uh, These plebs. They don't even know what the force is. They do they know do. what the force. They've heard they of do, the force. They don't. They don't know what a fucking Jedi is, but they've heard of the force. But they're like they're um, part of the force in the same way. We're just like, oh, my dog is an alive thing, you know. Like they just—that's kind of how it feels sometimes. Uh, but like, first of all, and I know it's probably the end. The, like the reason is the force. But whenever the Jedi kind of work with these normies, they're always like incredibly competent, which. There's a whole galaxy of fucking people. Like, mm-hmm. some ra- some raggedy-ass ship rolls up to pick you up off Coruscant and yeet you into God knows where the fucking galaxy's front... The, the frontier of the Republic. Not the final frontier, but close to it. Um, But yeah, like, you know, one of them is the, the foster daughter of this lady who runs this whole fucking, like, transport... Stop. Tony's biting me. (laughs) (laughs) Transportation, like, oil key smuggling uh, guild. And then the other guy is, I mean, high all the time. uh, But, like, very smart, a very good pilot. He's like, yeah, I can drop out of hyperspace into real space and, like, not kill us. And (sighs) fucking Geode. Would die for Geode. Geode is a prince. Would do anything for geode there's that line where you know Affy's like oh geode's in his bunk recrystallizing and i almost just like threw myself down the stairs because i was laughing so hard i was just like are you fucking kidding me he's just there just yeah. like anyway but like i don't know it's just here are these you know quote unquote ordinary people beings in the galaxy i'm like but why is everybody spectacular i know it's plot reasons um but like there's some shady shit going on with the guild there's some shady shit going on with the guild and that haunted fucking space station uh what what's geode steel what a what a fucking amazing rock like you know the (laughs) the the jedi just kind of like not reacting to like but taking him in is like one of my favorite parts of this book because <laughs> it's you know they're like oh Affy does this uh leo 10 the pope does this <laughs> and uh geo did not say anything and he did not move <laughs> I, I love the dichotomy between like you know you know like Affy and leox just being like geo's a bro you know he's he's yeah. cool and but then the, the, and the jedi being like him. And the Jedi just being out here like, it's a rock. (laughs) (laughs) They're throwing their arms around him, like pulling him into the circle, having the conversations. And the Jedi, they're just fucking side-eyeing. Like, do you guys see, do do you see what I see? 
this is a rock. I know. It's a big rock, but it's a rock. He's like a, literally like just like I just envision him as just like a slab of granite. Like he's a little sparkly, like you know. Oh, I imagine him kind of as like a, a like a rounded conical Ooh. kind of thing. I'm pretty oh, sure there's okay. official art of of geode. Hang on, let me. Oh hell I think, yeah! I think he is a slab though. He is a slab. Okay. Um, which yeah. was more I, like I, flat. I didn't to me. have a a real point for for this kind of section. It's just screaming about like I have a lot of questions about these folks, <laughs> and also now, it's it's yeah it's good too to see that you know the Jedi Order, despite being like in much better shape at this point in galactic history, still cheap as hell, still still kind of a train wreck, uh like cheap as hell. <laughs> They are, it. you know. No, the, you're the, right. The original ride, like, oh, they got to fix the alternator, and so then, like, the fucking two hundred year old version of the goddamn Millennium Falcon shows up, and they're like, "Are we getting in this? What a piece!" I don't of think junk. this was made for passenger transport. <laughs> and and Affy and Leax come off the ship like, "Yeah, we're not built for passenger transport, but we can give you some cots." <laughs> Oh, it's like so they're, good. They're going it's so great. across the galaxy. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> to the fucking Republic's, like, shining moment in some fucking beater. <laughs> I know. But, and also they get to Coruscant and they're like, eh, this isn't that great. Which is my so, favorite. Yeah. Which is a mood, though. They're like, yeah, yeah, it was all hyped up and shit. And, like, also, side note, um, I did love the, the prologue. That we got to see um, Coruscant just like under construction still. Yes, I love that so much. It's like, oh, they're still they're still building stuff. Uh, no, I under that was lovely. Going around the things. You're flapping your hand. What are these things? The speeders, the scaffolding bitches. The, the scaffolding scaff- bitches. Yeah. Okay. I'm sticking with buildings on this the, one. The crane stuff. Yeah. On the buildings when you build the buildings. Yes, yeah. Is that not just scaffolding? Scaffolding. Oh, it's cranes. scaffolding. <laughs> cool. You're like, what are those scaffolding crane <laughs> bitches? The well, big, you the see big Miranda. construction ones. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are called yeah. cranes. Yeah, those bitches. Jesus that was Christ. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a wow, just to recover from that. Um, I will. I will say that I th- one of my favorite bits of the first half of this book is right at the beginning. When I think it's Wraith who who gets on the ship and he's just like, well, what's the frontier like? And I can't remember if it's Leox or Affy who who answers him, but they're just like, maybe it's the frontier to you, bitch, but it's home. Like, and it's just like, it's not the frontier, right? Exactly. It's just like it's not this. I don't know this this other world. I guess that um, Wraith is expecting it to be, and and they and and he does like really otherize it, and I think that's a kind of an interesting analogy. We were talking a little bit. Um, when we were reading A Test of Courage about, you know, the idea of space colonization and the, and the Republic specifically trying not to, like, colonize already inhabited planets that have um, an indigenous population. And I think this is another one of those, like, I guess, like, parallels to our world that's kind of, like, being addressed in terms of just, like, well, maybe this was the new world to dumb white people, but, you know, Native folks have been here for how long? Like, this is not, this is not news. And you did not, you were not a fucking brilliant genius for accidentally crash landing your fucking boat into this pile of rocks. So, yeah, I just really love that aspect of it. Yeah. Also, Wreath has never left his apartment before. And it's oh like, there is, man. there's places outside. Like, I've been to places outside of Coruscant, but this is really far. This is Wreath's first time east of the capital. It's fine. What? DC joke? God, okay, never mind. Oh, I got Lord. it. <laughs> I got I, w- I was thinking more of like a he's here in space banjos and they're just like we just live here man like <laughs> see see my thing is back to growing on that planet whereas my thing is when the vessel comes and they're like eh, Coruscant isn't that great it's like people who like you know go to New York for the first time and they're like it smells like pee and I'm like yeah I get that <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah like I get it but it's Coruscant smells like pee <laughs> yeah you know it's it 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 just it's, it's just, just big pee and dead bodies um. So I just want to quickly, and I'm sure we'll get into this more um, next episode once we read the rest of the book and also in the wrap up. Um, but Claudia is lovely. Um, she she's 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 just like such a multi talented writer, and I just wanted to like address a few a few things here. 
So um, this is another one of her books that kind of... Sp- it's it's a YA book for sure, uh, because Wreath and Affy are obviously the main, main characters. Um, but we do get stuff from Comek and Orla's perspective, and um, they're obviously older. And the last time we saw, I think, her do this in Star Wars, in terms of a YA book that crossed over into adult characters was Lost Stars, because that just spans such a humongous amount of time. Um, but for me, I think like what makes this work is... Um, we are spanning in certain respects a large amount of time of Comac and Orla's lives. And, you know, to get those flashbacks from 25 years earlier and then to see them in the present, um, dealing with the legacy run situation, um, I think adds, adds, adds a lot to their characters. Like people are always just like, don't do flashbacks. Like if you're, if you're doing a flashback, then you're not starting the story in the right place. But I actually think that like, because this was because um, what happened 25 year, years earlier was such a pivotal moment for them and th- their development as people, as friends, as Jedi, and then seeing them return to that space like that that does tell a complete story, um, and it is worth it to number one have a flashbacks, number two to have them being older characters providing more information I guess on this situation um, that. You know, obviously this is information that Wreath doesn't have because he is two years old. <laughs> Babby. Uh, and it's this is probably something we'll talk about like in the wrap up and even in the second half of the book too. But I I think the, the flashbacks are really valuable. One, because we get to see like how uh, Orla and Comac have like taken the lessons learned from it and apply it. But also there there's a couple of times in the section where like they both kind of acknowledge, yeah, we grew into very different Jedi. Um, and they they are very different. Like, you know, they're they're both imperfect. They both kind of have their things. But, like, they have a very strong bond still. And you can see it. I mean, we're seeing, like, how it formed. But we see it in action on uh, Spoopy Station. So. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, shit. the... The difference between Comac being like, I ain't reading these fairy tales. I don't give a flying fuck. And him being a f- and then turning into a folklorist because he was so traumatized by not having read the fucking snake stories before. You gotta read the, you gotta read the snake stories. You man. gotta do your homework, bro. It's like, oh, um, there are snakes carved give. into these cave wolves. You right. And, oh my <laughs> fucking god. Um, but yeah, no, him just being like, ah, oh, snakes. That's a cool little drawing. They draw. Oh my fucking god. There was a snake trying to eat. Yeah. Me. Orla's like, like, should we pay attention to the snakes carved into these walls? And everyone's like, no, no. And go- fine. Come on, just did not do his homework. I don't know what he was doing on the voyage over, but he was not Mm-mm. being good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, like this, it's, 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 you know, these, there's also this moment of just like, I'm sure we'll see more of Oral. I mean, obviously this is a horrible, th- in the flashbacks, a horrible time in Oral's life, just being, you know, crash landing on a planet, this dude just died. I'm sure more will happen that will explain to us like why she is deciding to become a way seeker and go even further off this path. Cause she's already asking questions and I think mm-hmm. she's asking questions that like any teenager would naturally ask, um, at this point but the fact that she keeps asking these questions and keeps getting unsatisfying answers is i don't know i'm gonna be interested to read more of the flashbacks and see how she got to that point yeah uh the other thing i wanted to touch on um and we've been saying it this whole time that this uh, fucking space station is haunted as hell but i just wanted to talk about this just as as a haunted house story basically um because it is a very specific trope and a very specific genre, and it's one we've seen in Star Wars many times, especially in animation. Like, they, you know, there are, there's always that episode where they go to a abandoned space station to get supplies, and it's, like, haunted as fuck, or it's infested with monkeys, if you watch Resistance. I was um, going to say, <laughs> Poe Dameron famously hates monkeys. Famously hates monkeys. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think that uh, just having this be on the page as opposed to a visual um, gives a different spin on the, on the stores inflected haunted house story in that, um, you know, by all appearances, at least at first, like this place is like kind of beautiful. Like it's got like this lovely dome that looks out into space. There's plenty of fresh air. There's cool plants growing everywhere. Like there's sort of a, there's like, 
you know, there's like that beauty in abandoned places that like, you know, folks will like bust into like these old, um, you know, uh, built, uh, built up areas and like take photos and stuff like that. Um, there and or like if you're playing like The Last of Us or something like that, where like there's a beauty in 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 the ruin, right? Um, and I think that's something that works on the page. But like if you saw it visually, it would feel weird in a lot of ways. Um, in most cases, and so I think that I think it's cool that this is something you can play with it. At least Claudia, you, yeah. I think like so. I I'm not like a big horror person. I've been leaning into it a little bit the last couple of years. So I have seen uh, three Mike Flanagan shows and I've read Yo, two or, or three like queer horror sci-fi books. And like it, it, it's a different experience. You know, if we were to see and I, I hate to bring up Rome again because I'm a white nerd. Uh, but like you think of the ruins like with you know the overgrowth on them and there's trees and shit everywhere um you know like if if we were to see that on screen unless they added in like spoopy music it's like oh look at this like uh what what is the word for this the um excuse me like uh the places in passing like that kind of uh like abandoned shopping malls gas station stuff like that yeah i know exactly what you mean i can't remember exactly what the the thing is either. it's like i feel like you would just kind of get that feeling yeah if we were just to see it but right you know i think it helps that you know we're following this through the eyes of jedi who uh can use the force to sense all sort of senses and they're like oh you know and what the thing that gets me is the statues yeah and like it takes them a long time to realize that, like, the statue of this queen or whatever, like, you'd think it's very, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but, like, you you think of it in, like, a positive kind of light, and mm-hmm. they're like, um, like in a Like in a Thrawn, like, very art kind of way, like, for sure. Yeah, for also Thrawn. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, w- he would love this book. Um, <laughs> but But then, you know, they kind of... They feel the bad force vibes around the statues, and they're like, "Oh, this is bad, actually." And like, it's that that slow realization that you get as they get, and you know, you can't see anything, you can't uh, hear anything, so you just get the vibes. I don't know. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, also, no, that, that space station's fucking haunted. <laughs> What's going on downstairs? I don't like. Any of, well, well, it's got a haunted getting, basement. People getting fucking irradiated is what's fucking happening. Yeah, no. Um, like I was, I was talking to Chris about this off pod because we're bad, and the only like thing that we could think <laughs> of <laughs> that has this kind of like almost like pretty like like the the darkness beneath the beauty aspect to it, at least in modern like visual media, is Midsommar, and that's not a haunted house story. Obviously, that's a cult story. But you know, it's 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 a it's a such a tricky thing to pull off um, if you're doing visuals because like you know we're used to you know however many years of just like watching things and just understanding that you know light is good and dark is bad. Um, I think it's it's a particular thing that can only be like be pulled off like in it, with this kind of finesse in literature. Round as friend. <laughs> there's right. a there's a a specific sentence that I don't remember exactly, but it it really really um kind of pulls all of this together when Orla and Comac are first in there, and like having those first like holy shit this shit is bad kind of moment, and they're saying like they're talking about shadows and Affy's standing there like you are bathed in light, mm-hmm. like there's no there's no physical shadows, mm-hmm. the vibes are off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's and we're going to you know we'll, we'll talk much more about this as as this book goes on and very much as we continue into the rest of phase 1 of the higher public because it the horror elements grow in a big way. Oh, but Give me the haunted shit. Um but honestly like horror is something that like and you could say this really about most genres but like Horror is a genre that Star Wars desperately needs to expand into. And and I say that as most genres because Star Wars desperately needs to get out of the like 
kind of trite space adventure mm-hmm. is everything genre. Like, it has a place, and it's glorious, don't get me wrong. But, like, you know, you look at the sequel trilogy, and it's just, like, need to, like, focus on... Vibes. Vibes only. And it's, like, you could have done this in a way that's horror, in a way that advanced things, where it's, like, you don't need to know everything. But instead, you chose to go halfway and be, like... You need to know everything, but also here's some vibes for you, and like, it's it's mostly JJ. I mean, that that moment with I mean, in, it in is the, mostly JJ in the in the Lost Jedi with Ray in the cave is that moment of the uncanny that I think is like what you're looking for. Yeah, like that's that's a thing that's not completely explained. Like the dark side cave obviously is the parallel in Empire, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like to me, like yeah, it's 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 the uncanny, but it's also the unknown, and I feel like the embracing of the unknown is something that. Star Wars is very bad about doing and that horror as a genre is much better about doing because it's like it is about vibes but but it's okay that it's about about vibes because that's the point of it and like I'll be interested to see as we get more shows like particularly the Acolyte really the Acolyte is like what I'm pinning all my hopes on for the future of Star Wars casually um just just the Mandelstenberg things just not Listen, that it's if fair we had to... to pin hopes on anybody okay okay now that's fair to pin all our hopes on uh, on a black woman. no it's not at all but but yeah. But, like, just, like, the general thought of getting out of the tropes, getting out of the formula. Or or getting into different tropes. Because, like, the thing, the thing is that, like, I think um, a lot of marginalized um, creators are, like, like Jordan Peele or, you know, like, I can list off a million names if I weren't drunk already. Um, you know, I think one of the re- or, or like I, at least for me, like one of the reasons why I work in genre is because the tropes are there, but they are s- there's there's such ripe with opportunity to talk about marginalization or difference or lived experience. Like like you were saying, like horror is a, one giant metaphor for our, our fears of the unknown, or you know our fears of um, things that are known, like like our fears of racial violence or anything else, but when you put it into a metaphor, it's more easily digestible by people. <laughs> it won't quite. That's people. the fi- flavor. There you go. The vanilla flavor. She, um, she means white people. I, I sure do. But like you know, it's like it's 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 so ripe for um, just you know talking about um, people's lived experience and talking about. Um, Honestly, like contemporary political issues, which is what Star Wars has always done, contrary to dumb white people belief. It's literally about Vietnam. I know it drives me nuts. Anyway, um, you know, like the, like all these things, like they're, you know, the, I I would love I would love for Star Wars to explore these things. Like Marvel, Marvel is doing a wonderful job, I think, of just like going into different genres and bringing in all these different creators. And um, telling all these really important stories, and literally, like Chris, Chris and I will be sitting there watching like Ms. Marvel or watching Moon Knight, or or you know what have you, and we're just literally we just look at each other at you know certain moments where, you know, like we we understand that this is a moment where maybe we don't feel seen, but someone out there absolutely does who has never been seen before, and we're just like Star Wars could never, and that's really fucking sad. It's, it, it is especially because like. If there's any universe you could pull that shit off in, it's the one with the magical force that has no reason. It's faking in space. It's faking in space. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Star Wars goes. And like, and it's, you know, I think it's also interesting that the Acolyte is in the higher public in terms of timeline. Like, so it's it's getting out of the era of Tatooine being the most important planet in the Outer Rim. Like, it's out of the era Tatooine. of... We could see a Skywalker at any time. Like, and I'm excited for Andor, but I mean, it's the same fucking thing. Everybody's like, who are we going to see? And I'm like, probably anybody we can. Yeah. Dave Filoni's hat. It's Skywalker is a cake. I don't know what to tell you. They're all cakes. You don't think they're going to be cakes, but then you cut into them. <laughs> the joke made that sense. Took of me my head, I swear. That, took, that took me a minute to get that there. That is. I'm sorry I didn't get that at first because that's such a good fucking joke. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the pod. <laughs> oh, Geode is a slab. I finally clicked on the link. <laughs> this is true. I, I don't... Yeah. He's Ventian. He's from Vent. Sure is. 
All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Continue to stay safe from COVID and monkeypox and really just the world. Being alive. Uh, our Being next episode, we're going to be reading the rest of Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. So that's chapter 13 through to the end. And then after that, we're going to be talking about comics a little bit, specifically The High Republic Adventures by IDW, or published by IDW, um, written by uh, Dana Jose Older. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if you have the means, first and foremost, donate to the Brave Space Alliance at bravespacealliance.org. Uh, then, if you have something left over and you want to support us, you can donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookhorsepod. Uh, all of us here, including Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony, appreciate anything you can do, including just listening. Uh, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Terra Design. And our audio and production are done, as always, by Kristen McDonald. I am Chris for Miranda, Kate, Kristen and Rana, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Is it? Can you guys hear it? Something's supposed to be happening. I can't hear it. (laughs) I saw Burb dancing, and I was confused. I know. I was like, I was ready to go. I was like.